You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, sir, people of the time of the evening where you all join us on uh, Medical medical Files. And Alhamdulillah, this evening on Medical Files, uh, we have uh, something different that we never had on Medical Files. And we know that in the House of Islam, the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam had a lot of uh, empathy, a lot of sympathy for his animals. You spoke about his horse. He took great care of it. His camel, he took great care of it. Each one, he gave them a name. There was a cat that had a special name also. He took great care of the cats. But there was a companion of his that was known as Abu Huraira, and they called him the father of cats. He simply loved cats. But this evening, we have uh, Dr. Winston Ingobese, who is a vet, alhamdulillah. And he's going to Definitely, he's going to uh, give you the ins and outs and how to handle your pets and how to take care of them. And uh, Dr. Winston Ingobese, welcome uh, to the platform, the Marka Sahaba. And thank you very much for joining us uh, this beautiful evening. Thank you, Mr. Khan. Uh, it's an honor to, to have uh, an interview with you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Now, doctor, before we get into the nitty-gritty of pets and uh you know, we can't call them something. Hey, you pest. No, you can't call it. It's a pet, P-E-T. And pest to your people go around using this name very loosely. But don't do that to your pets. Doctor, I want to know from you, you know, <laughs> what got you interested in uh, becoming an animal doctor, a pet doctor? Talk to us about that. You know, Mr. Khan and uh, listeners, uh, I was born on a, a farm in in rural area up in in, in northern natal by then so i was always surrounded by animals at home we had cattle we had pigs we had chickens we had dogs so i developed the love of animals then then i told myself one day i'll be a, a doctor for animals <laughs> Simply, just like that. And, you know, perhaps when you were growing up and you're watching your dad or your grandfather and so forth, uh, you know, when the animals got sick, the elders of that time, they knew exactly what to do. And, you know, the, uh, uh, you, know you, you looked at the fraternity of uh, the veterinary surgeon or the vet uh, wasn't so, you know, prominent, uh, you know, yesteryear. And uh, did they, you know, they just went to maybe... Uh, uh, feedstock or lifestyle, they went to the pharmacy and got the medicine and administered that to the animals themselves. Uh, you know, you have evolved, but uh, talk to us about that culture. They knew exactly what to do, and they, sometimes maybe they gave it the right herbs or the li- right leaves to eat, and they healed the, uh, the, 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 the animal, uh, doctor. Certainly, yeah. During those olden uh, days, we, we didn't have the modern medicine. And uh, people used to, to cut off, you know, herbs, mix them, and, you know, the traditional uh, medicines used for, for, for different uh, illnesses. So it was uh, really an, un- I mean, a, a not common thing to see someone, but I happened to to have one guy who would come to 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 our deep tank, and this guy will come and inject 
our animals and I was told that the, the guy was an, an animal doctor. So I said, okay, you know, they will come in and, and, and do vaccinations, vaccinations in, 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 in livestock, you know, your anthrax vaccination, your black quarter uh, vaccination. So uh, then said, no, one day maybe I can, I can be one of, of these guys. But unfortunately, there was no school for this, for, for veterinary medicine. Up until Medusa was opened and uh, they started a, a veterinary school, then I was able to, 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 to carry on with my studies because I had done my BSc, Bachelor of Science, and then for six years I had to break and uh, be a teacher. So when they started again with, with veterinary medicine uh, at Medunza, then I, I told myself, no, I'll go, I'll go for it. Because otherwise it was done in Africans in the University of Pretoria. Well, uh, fascinating indeed, uh, Medunza and uh, the other college regions and so forth. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, full congratulations to you for your perseverance. And uh, now, you know, you, you started off your practice, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was your first practice in, uh, a friend of mine told me, you started off in, in Norby Road, and, and then you moved on to the, the police station road. Where was your first practice, uh, doctor? My first practice actually was in New Germany. In Pine Town. Then I had a branch in Thie uh, Road in Sipimo. From Thie Road, then I went to Inwabi Road up until 2004 when I had to relocate to Northwest Province. Then I came back in 2016, reopened in Isipimo in Police Station Road. Because it, I discovered that there was no one uh, helping uh, people in uh, Isipimo and the surrounding areas, Umlazi, Wamakuta, lots of animals there. And uh, they, there was no vet veterinarian who's also serious in these people. So uh, I decided that, no, uh, let me just go and, and help our communities. Yeah, you talk about Northwest Province, very uh, fascinating indeed, uh, places like Potchefstroom, etc. Where about in the Northwest uh, Province where you were uh, located, doctor? I was, I was working for the state, still in veterinary uh, uh, field. I was... Uh, based in Pochefstrom, but uh, my home was in Klaxdorp. I was responsible for the whole southern uh, parts of, of uh, northwest, the Pojanala area and the southern part down to Tumhof, uh, all those areas. Then I was, I was in veterinary public health. So I was mainly responsible for the for the abattoirs, you know, the all the processes that are, are 
are carried out in, in, in abattoirs, ensuring that the, the product that is uh, put on the table in, in our homes is safe and, and, and uh, wholesome for, 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 for consumption. Ah, fascinating indeed. And, uh, you know, it's a journey that you have taken and, uh, you know, working for the state and et cetera. And as you said, uh, you've come uh, to the Spingo area and uh, you made a very valid point indeed. Uh, there are hardly any uh, vets or, uh, you know, animal doctors at this end. And you come through here and, uh, you know, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, doctor. And, you know, as we move on, uh, the question to pose is, uh, you know, what are the most uh, common problems you deal with uh, in cats and also dogs? You know, it, it depends mainly on, on, on the age groups of, of animals. But generally, all groups are affected by internal and external parasites. You know, the, the worms internally, all types of worms, the, the fleas externally, the ticks, mange is common what we call scabies, but uh, grouping them, I would say puppies are mostly uh, affected by gastrointestinal problems, which manifest as vomiting, uh, diarrhea. This could be due to uh, infections, infections like viruses. Common one is parvovirus. If the puppies are not uh, vaccinated in time, this is very common. Worms also, regular deworming is uh, vital. In all the dogs, we see mainly viral infections. If the dogs are not vaccinated, we see distemper, we see skin problems, mange is common, cheekbone diseases. If the Parasites are not controlled. We see biliary fevers, your elephias, your uh, quite a, a number of 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 of, of, of these uh, diseases. In in cats also, we we do get uh, tick fever, the papesia or papesiosis. Cats, uh, mainly, we see respiratory diseases like snuffles. Uh, you get urinary tract infection. Worms also uh, are quite common in cats. Well, uh, lovely indeed. And, uh, you know, you look at that and our fairy pets, we can't call them friends. Uh, you know, we really feel for them. they furry and they purry. How often do cats purr when you give them an injection or they jump for their lives, uh, doctor? <laughs> cats <laughs> are difficult. The most difficult uh, animal in my practice is the cat. Because they've got, I mean, a dog has got one weapon, that's the mouth. A cat has got five weapons to fight you with. You know the the two, the, the two front feet and claws, the back feet, the mouth and teeth, you know, it becomes very difficult. 
But yeah, we handled it. Yeah, you're a strong man. You can handle that. And you know, perhaps uh, the question that's going through the head is how do you deal with the fear in animals? Uh, obviously, you know, you're new to them. They fear you. And when you treat them, and uh, you know, as you said, they can scratch and bite. So generally, how important is it for the owner of that pet to be near or uh, with the pet when you're treating it, uh, doctor? Yeah, it, it, it's a problem. You know, animals will behave differently under different circumstances, especially, you know, strange environment or strange surroundings. Uh, if they come into practice, you know, those are totally different uh, surroundings and they tend to, to, to be fearful. You know, they, they tremble, they, they shiver, they urinate, and uh, sometimes they can be aggressive. Sometimes they uh, become docile, you know, and submissive. submissive. It is very important for the pet owners to get used used to their animals. They must handle them, be used to 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 handle and 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 uh, controlling them. Because if you get to the practice, you expect the vet and the assistant to 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 restrain your 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 pet or you it becomes very difficult. We are strangers to, to the pet. So we are likely to be beaten or scratched by, by the animals. So it's very, very uh, critical for the owner to get used to the animals. And uh, while we are trained to handle animals of all sorts, <clears throat> We normally use protective gloves. We use cash poles. We use muzzles to restrain them. We sometimes use a chemical uh, uh, treatment like sedatives, injections to restrain them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was just thinking uh, when the cat comes in there, I mean, they're used to the owners and uh, certain cats will only... You know, they have eyes for you and maybe they get... How come cats know everyone of the household, uh, doctor? They know who's the uh, father, house, the mother, the children. Uh, how do they make that out? Do they have a special, uh, you know, sixth sense that uh, identifies members of a family? Talk to us yeah, about that. You know, I'm not an anyone psychologist, but, you know, they, they have a fully developed, you know, uh, brains, you know. And uh, they are able to, to tell who is who in the home, just like dogs. They will know if you don't like them, even if you are a member of the, of the family. They will always tell, show that this person doesn't like me, you know? Or he doesn't take care of me, good care of me. So they are like that. They, they are very, very uh, intelligent. You, you can take a cat, take, take him away from home or a, a dog. That cat will 
come back to 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 his home. It has happened. One day, uh, I, I treated the animal. It was a cat. And uh, once I've done, because we make sure that we close every opening in the in the practice, if we we see a a, a cat patient. So my client happened to let go the the cat. He was a bit uh, careless, and the cat jumped out of the of the basket. I don't know why. They, 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 they unfortunately opened the basket and the cat jumped out when we had already opened the doors. The cat went away, ran away. For, for days, the cat was lost. I think it took about two weeks for the cat to get back home unexpectedly. So it happens. They, they are very intelligent uh, teachers. Yeah, lovely story to share with us. And I, I know when you're at the vet, you have to close shop, you have to close your doors. And uh, that's when the cat goes uh, really wild. And, uh, you know, does uh, stress affect an animal's health? You know, some can that uh, animal, you know, uh, sense that something's wrong in the household or there's something wrong in the environment? And how can that impact on its health, uh, doctor? Yeah, you know, animals, just like humans, uh, get affected by stress and anxiety. Uh, a cat sometimes will feel depressed. Uh, it becomes emotionally and uh, physically unwell. If there is a, a stressful, you know, condition, for instance, if a partner dies at home if they had two cats that are close to to each other if one suddenly uh, disappears or dies and then this will show up uh, in the other cat the other cat will be very dis- depressed the same goes for animals like dogs dogs are affected by by stress and anxiety they will show that with uh, excessive yawning, sometimes urination, defecating uncontrollably, uh, sometimes loss of appetite, and it affects the the the, the cat badly because it also involves uh, some hormonal uh, uh, balances, and it can lead to to stomach ulcers and uh, all uh, complications that can follow. Yes, and uh, you also wonder, you know, how does a food poisoning affect a household pet? And, you know, many people are concerned of this, hey, is my uh, cat poisoned or is my, you know, uh, my dog poisoned? How does it affect them? Uh Generally, the symptoms of food poisoning uh, in pets uh, include vomiting, uh, you know, diarrhea, lack of appetite, lethargy. Uh, sometimes 
they dehydrate sometimes. Uh, some animals may show some neurological signs, like, you know, trembling tremors and uh, uh, lack of coordination of the limbs. So it, it does affect uh, animals. Food poisoning comes in various ways, just like in humans. It could be poisoning from toxic uh, substances uh, in, in the plants. It could be poisoning from uh, microorganisms like salmonella. You do get sometimes if the meat, uh, chicken, at uh, salmonellosis, you know, salmonella uh, infection. If it's not properly cooked, it can result in, in, in food poisoning. Sometimes people will use food to poison animals. That is quite common, to poison animals. They will use, you know, pesticides, uh, in food to 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 poison anyone, which is uh, uh, illegal and uh, very wrong. And now you know I've been thinking about uh, food poisoning, and a lot of people, okay, as you said, the poisoning animals. A lot of people do that, and as you said, that is very callous indeed. And you know, you can give your pet the best of foods at home. You can buy the best sachets from uh, you know the supermarkets and so forth. But they will still go and eat uh, the junk from uh, the road and the yard. Why do animals do that, uh, doctor? Yeah, it it's, it happens like that. There, I think uh, it's because they are animals. Sometimes there is a difference between. Uh, uh, an animal and a human being. You 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 can train him to to eat from your hand only, but sometimes you know others would, will be greedy and then take a bite on on anything from anyone. Yeah, you know, as you said, the animal instinct uh, comes through, and uh, then, uh, doctor, when you look at a cat. Cats, you know, they love visiting, isn't it? In the neighborhood, uh, you may think you it's owner and it's only in your house, but then your neighbor will tell you, yeah, you know, your cat comes here quite often and he sits here for two, three hours. You know, I'm giving the cat some milk and so forth. Mm. And, you know, you you you, you can't uh, show your neighbor and roll your eyes at your neighbor and say, no, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, doctor, talk to us about that dyna- uh, dynamics. I mean, we neighbors, we are like more like families. I mean, the neighbors are more closer to us than our families because our families, maybe one is in uh, Transkai and one is in uh, uh, Sturm and the other one is in Houghton. And uh, here we're sitting in Isapingo or we're sitting in Isapingo Beach or Mesomtoti, doctor. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, there's nothing more than communicating with with the concerned individuals, you know, discuss all the aspects, you know, if you feel this is not right, let the the neighbor know. 
not that because you there is bad blood in this, you know, but it's because you're trying to protect the animal. So maybe the best thing is just to 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 ask the neighbor, no, please don't. You might love the animals, but don't allow them to eat anything, or no one must feed them because you're training them to. Maybe you might say, okay, control them. Don't let them come to my yard. That's something. You know, it's, it's very difficult. It's a, it's a difficult one, Mr. Khan. Mm, you know, absolutely, doctor. Now, if you've got chickens and roosters, yeah, you can even fence your yard. They fly over the fence into your neighbor's yard. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, then and then you got the wrong neighbor say, oh, you know, Mr. Khan, your rooster is crowing four in the morning and, you know, he's disturbing me. I have to go to work. How do you handle that scenario, doctor? <laughs> I mean, you're a vector. Maybe you can give me advice because I, I know many neighbors are sometimes very intolerant. But I look at these, uh, the roosters, the hens and all as an alarm clock. How do you look at them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that might not be my field. Maybe the, the animal uh, <clears throat> anti-cruelty leads may may maybe be the people well suited to 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 handle these these cases. Okay. Like SPCAs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I always believe in, in, in communication. Communicate with the with the with the neighbors. Communicate with those uh, people involved. Yeah, you know, doctor, like uh, you find out of maybe a thousand neighbors you have, right? There'll always mm. be that one neighbor, always the, odd look, the odd one out and saying he's the one being disturbed. So I said, OK, let's put it to a vote. If you win the vote, then it's a democratic country. Then we can get rid of our roosters. <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> we'll let it go, doc. Hey, you say, hey, which yes. party? Are you? Which party? I said, no, I'm from the animal party. <laughs> uh, beautiful indeed uh, doctor Bring yeah. up, uh, you know when we were looking at our topic again you know the uh, deworming is such an important thing you know i hear a lot of people say hey did you deworm your animal did you but i want you to discuss the importance of deworming and why people should deworm their pets yeah uh, deworming is an important uh, preventative uh, tool for reducing, you know, parasites. And it also improves your your pet's health. It also prevents you and your family from getting uh, these parasites. Could be the internal parasites like worms, and uh, also the external parasite like fleas, pigs, lice, you know, babies. So it is very, very important to have your pet deworm. We start deworming them as early as uh, four weeks after birth. Then there is a program that you need to follow just to to prevent these uh, parasites. 
Worms uh, come in, 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 in different forms. We normally have tapeworms that can come out as the little rice grains. We have uh, round worms, uh, like the ascarids, which comes with long, uh, thread-like uh, uh, things. We also have hookworms that are tiny, and it's very difficult to, to see them uh, with a naked eye. So they might uh, cause various uh, conditions in, uh, and diseases in, 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 in animals. The, the tapeworm and the roundworm mainly feed on the food that is taken up by the animal. So it competes with the animal uh, for food. So that can cause the animal to, to be malnourished, you know? It, it will go thin and then it will uh, get all sorts of diseases because it is in the poor condition. The group of the hookworms and whipworms those that tend to suck blood from the gastrointestinal tract of the animal, they will cause the dog or cat to be anemic. It will vomit. It will pass bloody stool sometimes, diarrhea, and then it will kill the animal. Also, ourselves and our families, we can contract worms from these animals, especially children. With uh, which have got immunity that is still developing and uh, not strong, they can easily pick up worms and the children will lick anything, they will crawl on their knees and hands and uh, come into contact with the, the dog feces or, or sand, uh, then with eggs there, then they tend to lick their hands they will get worms, which can negatively affect their health. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much uh, for a comprehensive, detailed, uh, you know, uh, uh, look at worms and what type of worms you get and uh, these things. Uh, that's why even if we talk about deworming the uh, uh, animals or your pets, uh, human beings too should take that worm. I remember, you know, when we were kids, there was always, I think every six months or every year, the family gave us uh, uh, the, the the deworming medicine, and also we had uh, you know clean out every I think every month it was doc. We in, in yeah. uh, you know the castor oil or the regulus or what and what. I mean uh, the, the 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 custom amongst our African brothers and sisters is palaza manzi. Hey, they love the seawater yeah. doc, and they hey they clean the system out, and they're very healthy indeed. Talk to us about that yeah. culture of uh, palaza manzi, doctor. You say, yeah. Well, I didn't get your, your question, Mr. Khan. Uh, you know, Palaza is taking seawater. Palaza. Yeah. Seawater, yes. Seawater and drinking I know, it. I know. Although it, it's not a practice that I've uh, practiced, you know, but I know most people uh, believe in seawater. They they use it as a, as a, we call it Timbiza. <laughs> in season. 
Yes. Yeah, you mix it with uh, for palaza, that is for vomiting. They clean up, they use it as an enema, uh, you know, to, to clean the bowels. But uh, whether it works or not, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, because uh, they, uh, some of the people that come and take the uh, the manzi from the sea yeah, and they take it up country and they get, uh, Maybe, I believe, yeah, 50 rand a litre or something like that. But anyway, we, we won't give ideas to people now. And we move on with our pets. If, you know, if a pet breaks a limb, how long does it take to recover, doctor? You know, fracture, fractured bone, uh, it depends on, on, on the bone itself. What type of, of, of of the bone is fractured. Where about is it in the in the in the in the in the, in the skeletal system? It could be a long bone. It could be a short bone, a flat bone. You know, uh, it could be a rib. You know, it all depends. And also the type of fracture it can be a hairline fracture. It can be a compound fracture that will. Bone will fresh and, and, and tear through the, the flesh and skin, you know. The age of the animal also plays a role in the, in the, in the, in the healing. Uh, also, the type of treatment that we, we use could be an internal treatment or internal fixation or external fixation. External, like, you know, casting. POPs, you know, plaster of Paris, that is external fixation of the of the of the fracture, or it could be internal fixation, use of uh, pins and and plates internally in the bone, you know, that also uh, plays a, a role in the healing. So generally, it will take uh, six to twelve weeks on the average for. A, a fracture to, to heal. Yeah, okay, and uh, thank you for that. Uh, people complain of uh, some vets being so costly that they can't afford treatment, so animals are left to suffer. What's your comments on that, uh, doctor? Well, that one is a, a dicey one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we as vets, we are there to help these poor animals. Uh, but at the same time, we, we, we are in business, you know. We, we need to make some profit. And uh, the circumstances uh, vary. The circumstances under which we work in different practices, you know, they vary from practice to practice. Yeah. There are some practices will be perceived as expensive and others... Uh, reasonable, uh, but you know, it depends on the practice, you know, and the the service that you get from from the the the, the practice itself. Compared to humans, so we tend to to compare animals and humans. You know, that is not right because people will see. Human medicines are cheaper than animal medicines. 
well, it's something else. But, you know, for those people who feel, you know, they don't, or, or people who don't have uh, money, or people who cannot afford vet charges, we do have animal welfare organization, animal welfare organizations that assist such people, you know, like your SPCAs, and uh, quite a number of them are, are at the disposal of at the disposal of the people. Yeah, thank you for that. And because I was just thinking about, you know, we have lots of informal settlements around. And I think in the Durban area, over three to 400. And in these informal settlements, we have lots of, lots of animals uh, there, you know, moving around. So I was worried about that, uh, doctor. You know, how could those poor people afford that? And as you may so eloquently told us that uh, these are, there are these animal, uh, uh, you know, groups uh, that t- do care, take care of that. What about the government? Uh, don't they look at that and say, you know, there's animals here too. We should be doing something. No government subsidy there, doctor. Well, I know in some provinces, the Department of Agriculture, you know, team up with the welfare organization to go out on uh, primary animal health care. They will go out and do a, a massive spay campaign where they will sterilize, <coughs> excuse me, all the animals, you know, for the community free of charge. And at the same time, do basic, you know, primary uh, animal treatment. Yeah, so that uh, they do that. And, uh, you know, people ask me this question and, you know, they say, hey, Shafat, you must ask the vet this. You must ask him this question. What does a dry nose on an animal mean? Because, Jeffrey, you know, they've been cat to you, he rubs, he puts his nose on your nose. Why do they like doing that? And But if it's a dry nose, then, uh, yeah, it's not normal, uh, doctor. Yeah, well, uh, uh, hot and dry nose doesn't always mean trouble. You know, but it can certainly be a sign of uh, fever and dehydration. Uh, if your dog's nose is dry and it's accompanied by other symptoms like lethargy, vomiting, uh, or diarrhea, lack of appetite, then there is a problem you should contact your, your vet. But generally, some animals will show up with a, a dry nose. But no any other symptoms. I don't think you need to to worry about. Yeah, people. Our doctor is cool, calm, and collected. He's a veterinary uh, doctor, and I'm really enjoying myself with him. Uh, how about you, doctor? Are you having a cool time with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very motivating. Yeah. To, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it the first time here you've been on a? Yes, it it happened quite. Uh, I was still very young and fresh then. I, I used to have uh, 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 chats or talks in, in radio 
Zulu then. But this was more than 30 years ago. Wow. Right. You're now international. You're going around the globe. You're going around the globe and the whole world is listening to you. Now, if a pet has a shiny coat, what does that tell us about the pet, uh, doctor? Your, your pets, uh, uh, general appearance, uh, general coat appearance, uh, may be the first indicator of the, of the health of the particular pet. Uh, a healthy animal will not shed excessively the, the fur and will we will have a shiny coat that is free from dandruff and and, and and greasiness. So you can judge, you can tell before even touching the, the, the pet by looking at its coat that this animal is sick or this animal is, is, is healthy. So shiny coat usually indicates that the the animal is well taken care of. No, it's fed good quality food and it's grown well. Yeah, brilliant indeed. And what conditions affect household pets as they age? Well, we've got numerous conditions. You know, very many uh, different conditions. But generally, I would say joint problems like arthritis uh, that will manifest by decreased uh, activity, hearing and vision loss, incontinence, it can be urinary or fecal incontinence where they can't control their urination. Growths, tumors, and cancer. Obesity. And generally, the decreased, you know, immunity that will lead to various infections. We see a lot of ear infections, uh, skin infections. Uh, I'll say, yeah, those are the, the main ones that come to my, my mind. Mm. And then, you know, perhaps the uh, counter question is, how can we prevent uh, pets from contracting these conditions? Well, it's, it's not easy. It's not always easy to prevent because some of these conditions could be hereditary. You know, like cancers, you know, they could be familial, a uh, familial uh, problem. Uh, but generally, good management, which means good quality food, clean water freely available all the time, 
parasite control, flea and tick control, worm control, vaccination is important. Once or twice a year, visit to, to a vet and uh, getting, you know, advice from the vet. That will uh, prolong the life of, the, of your animal. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what is your view on uh, the quality of pet food on the market? And there's so many. And you go and look at the price of pet food for cats, uh, doctor. You will mm. fall on your back. I mean, one sachet. I don't know what the sachet is, 100 grams or something. 11 rands or something like that. But, uh, you know, if you love your pets, you go the extra mile. But what is your view on the quality of a pet food on the market now? You know, finding the best uh, brand of food can be a challenge, as you said, because there are thousands of, 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 of dry food options out there and millions of, of, of companies, even fly-by-night companies, that would claim all sorts of, you know, qualities on, 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 on the food. Well, but certainly they are inferior quality brands. And uh, we've got medium quality or average quality, uh, if I can say, say so. And also high quality brands. Uh, uh, anyone who needs uh, information about pet food must consult their vet. I cannot name them. Mm. I've got my own opinion, but each and every vet will be able to assist uh, an individual or a client when it comes to. But normally, the, 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 these will be indicated as recommended by vet on the on the pet food bucket. Mm, excellent. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at you and I know which one you like. Yeah. When, we are, <laughs> when, 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 when you and I were young lads, this was the only brand available at that time. You remember that brand? Only, you know, yeah, we knew yeah. that one brand. <laughs> Suddenly, there was an explosion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, we'll talk about that after the show, Doc. You and I, I know yeah. what your brand. We know what what it is. Now, Doctor, you know when you look at it, uh, what is the best kind of food to give your pets? Should we rather be cooking fresh food for them? You know, like, I mean, our ancestors uh, gave their cat what they ate. They just threw it, and the cat ate it, and the dogs ate it, and everyone. And they, these animals were fit fit those days because the food must yeah. have been very orga- organic, Doctor. Yeah, it, you know, it depends on from which angle are you looking at this, you know, or what's your objective, whether you want to save costs or you want to give uh, high quality. And it depends on the animal uh, that you, you're looking at. It could be. Uh, a working animal could be a hunting uh, dog, could be a guard dog, you know. They, they've they got different needs when it comes to to the ingredients of the food. But we really cannot, <coughs> excuse me, determine, we cannot determine which is better as home-cooked food is very broad, the very broad term. With home 
home-cooked food, we cannot measure the various uh, ingredients. We don't know how much energy is there, how much carbohydrates, protein, fat, or moisture is contained in that uh, food. So that's the the difficult part of it. But with uh, commercial food, good quality food, it will show you exactly how much and the needs because that has been researched. With home cook, it's a trial and error method. You don't know whether it's going to work. You see by result if it's working. Sometimes that can lead to obesity and uh, things like diabetes mellitus and uh, complications thereof. Well, doctor, you're making me think because these cats, yeah, they are fussy, doc. You yeah. buy them, you buy them that cheap one. They know it's a cheap one that they won't eat it. But you go back to that one that you know it's a bit expensive. Eh? They'll and you you never know. Yeah, it is uh, tasty, you know, whether it is palatable for the animal. It can be palatable for uh, palatable to us, but not to the animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah in, in that case, yes. Uh, and, you know, how difficult is it uh, to treat pets uh, that have been knocked over by a car? Yeah, car accidents are common in pets, very common especially dogs during mating season where they go all out on the road uh, chasing after females or during fireworks uh, festivities. You see a lot of car accidents. It, it, it may be very difficult to determine the degree and extent of the injury of a, an MVA, which is motor vehicle accident uh, uh, case. The, the animal might be in shock, might be bleeding excessively internally because of the ruptured liver, which is common, ruptured internal organs. You know, might be having fractured bones, which can be easily uh, which can be seen uh, easily, and uh, even head injuries. So it is very difficult, but the, the, the first thing is to stabilize the animal because normally it would be in shock. So you have to set up trips and... Uh, organize shock treatment. That's not an easy one. Before yeah, absolutely. You, before you take it for x-rays and, and the like. Mm, can I imagine that? And uh, finally, Doc, as I, you and I are really enjoying this conversation. We have a few minutes left. Uh, how do snake bites uh, affect cats and dogs? And uh, what is the treatment? Uh, yeah. Snake bite is common occurrence in pets. Pets who are beaten by a snake require intensive veterinary care, including round-the-clock monitoring and specialized medical treatment 
The treatment may include shock treatment and anti-venom treatment. But generally, we use uh, symptomatic treatment, which is like you look at the symptoms and then try and, and treat the animal. Dogs that have been bitten by by snakes usually bleed excessively because the venom uh, makes blood unable to clot. Yeah, and then you find the cats. Uh, so the cats, you know, generally they survive snake bites uh, uh, more often than uh, really, doctor. Yes. They are good fighters. When it comes to snakes, they are tricky. They, they've got their own tricks. They kill snakes easily. Yeah, so they're good with it. As you said, they have so many uh, defensive methods and offensive methods also. Doctor, a fascinating conversation with you. And before I let you go this evening, your parting words to the listeners. Yeah, I'll say thank you through you for this opportunity. It was really uh, good to be in this program. Uh, I'll say to all the listeners, those who have who keep pets, love your pets as much as you love your family members. They are part of your family. Look after your pet. Talk to your pet. Pet it. Love it. Room it. Take it to the vet once or twice a year. And uh, the pet will be healthy and it will live longer uh, than you expect. Thank you so much. Yes, our veterinary uh, doctor, Dennis Winston Ingobesi. Thank you very much uh, for being on the platforms of uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'a. Definitely, I think we need a part two with you, but very soon we'll be talking to you. You have a blessed evening, uh, doctor. And uh, as I said, look after yourself. Wonderful, Mr. Khan. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure too, yeah, doctor. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah we will continue after that.